welcome, welcome. Oh. Oh, hello. Take a seat. Please, draw closer. <laughs> <laughs> closer still. No? Oh. Huh? Even closer. Even closer. Um, hello, everyone, and welcome to our first Culture, Culture Club. Club episode. Yay. Yay. It's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, <laughs> you know? I don't Could know. Could be. I don't Could know. be. Um, this is uh, an experiment that we're all a part of now. Yeah. You know? In a, in a good way. Like the vaccine trials. Like the vaccine trials. Very exciting. Equally exciting to me. <laughs> <laughs> More so, even. It's not as if I understand what's going on with trials. Oh, Lord have mercy. Um, Kelly and I, this is the third episode we've recorded today. Today. Not um, in life. Not in life, but today. And we've had some wine. Uh-huh. And we've watched a movie. A film. A film. A piece. It's an... It's as an... an it's, it's part of an oeuvre. <laughs> Absolutely is. It's part of an oeuvre. I know. I feel like I'm just like, I'm not doing any foreplay. I'm just getting right into it. I don't think we need to do foreplay. I don't either. I can't, we don't have the time, simply. Mm-hmm. Simply, yeah. I have pages of notes. It, um, um, <laughs> but also, we've. this has been long announced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys know. You guys know what's going on. Um, we have just watched, we have borne witness <laughs> to. The trial. The Chicago the 7. I just want to f- do one brief aside, which is that by sheer force of will, Lillian has watched Molly's game. My will, I mean. Um, which is Partially through Molly's game. Yeah, she's watched part of Molly's game. Um, <laughs> what'd you think? Um, here's the thing. I was watching it with someone who couldn't hate Aaron Sorkin more. Yeah. Tough to watch with. You can't get into it. Yeah. What's Aaron Sorkin's sign? Oh, good question. I want to peg him as like, fuck. Libra? I would say Libra. Interesting. I would say maybe like a um, Capricorn or Taurus? Okay, this is Earth sign slander, but go on. Okay, whatever. Anyways, Molly's Game to me was uh, not great. Okay, a film I've seen... A in theaters, B four times. I love it. It was Aaron Sorkin. He wrote it, and it's the first movie he's directed. Right, which seems wrote. crazy because he's, you know. He, well, I mean, he directed, like, all of right. the West Wing. Right, yeah, yeah. But um, it's not something that I can object. There's so many, like, so many things that I do love. I, it's, like, it's one of those things that I can't, in good conscience, recommend to anyone yeah. else. But I did think you would like it because... It's a lot of fun. I mean, I, here's the thing. I need to, I think it's an alone time watch for me. It's a girl's watch. It's for a girl's sure. watch. I think And it might even be like half an edible watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's definitely like a scroll on the phone watch for me personally. That's very fine. That's my preferred um, method. Yeah, that's the Kelly way. <laughs> that's the Kelly um, way. But it just was a little, um, the dialogue. You wouldn't believe what he is. What is it? Gemini. Oh, a Gemini. Well, I do believe that. Welcome, Gemini. welcome, Aaron. Welcome, welcome, <laughs> my brother, <laughs> Gemini. Of course, he's a Gemini. He's so <laughs> fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> he has a drug problem, and he's so dumb. Of yeah, course, he's a I'm Gemini. like I'm like putting it together now. Um, yeah, when you when you say it like that. <laughs> 
Oh my God. God bless him. He's like the, Oh my God. What a perfect sign for Aaron Sorkin to be. He's like, I'm just going to kind of hint at all of this information. Yeah. He really is so much of his movies and TV and everything is like, you know, you could just go to therapy. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, he's working through stuff. It's like, and this podcast is that for me. But, sure. So I can't cast too, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh, too uh-huh. much judgment. But it's like, you know you don't have to like figure this out. And honestly, quite frankly, the most embarrassing way you could do it is through fictional, through through writing, through, through a Jay screenplay. Bartlett being your like it imagined is father. Really grotesque. Whoa. It's a lot. Uh-huh. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, Lillian texted me and was like, we have to talk about, like, we have to hit certain points on this. And one of them was Sorkin tropes. Okay, so let's do it real quick. So what did I say? I said uh, political said, and and uh, uh, historical accuracy. Yeah. Uh, second category for judging this movie besides that is Sorkin tropes. Yeah. I'm sorry, Third I'm what we was, I think, aesthetics and acting. I think those were the three uh, we were like, yes, we need, yeah. we need some broad categories to kind of divide this into because otherwise yeah, we might get a little lost and we still might because <laughs> I think we're going to. we've had quite a good amount of wine and we've been through. And this movie was really something. We have a trauma bond now and I don't know what our reaction to that experience is going to be. We're trauma bonded to each other and to Aaron Sorkin, quite obviously. <laughs> Quite obviously. That's been a long con of Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> He's traumatized me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, God. Okay, so let's start with Sorkin tropes because that's the smallest piece. That's Yeah, that's the most digestible piece of this, uh, this meal. Um, <clears throat> I would say... <laughs> Break it down. It's Break really... It down. You know, this is... Folks, I didn't... I guess I just... The thing is... Kelly and I both put off watching this movie (laughs) until the last... Well, I thought I was going to get in trouble because we were supposed to watch it separately. And I thought I was going to get in trouble because I was like, I haven't watched it yet. And then Lillian was like, nor have I. I was like, every moment... It was like the class, you know, not to bring up Louis C.K. It's a joke. When are you going to watch Schindler's List? When am I going to watch a trial? There's no good time for me to watch the trial of Chicago 7. What mood might I be in where I could, you know what I mean? It's also like I classically, I always say this, like I wish that I smoked weed. Like I wish I was that person, that mind. Like this is a movie that if I smoked weed, I could see myself like getting a little baked and like watching it and just being able to laugh at it. But I'm not like I'm. I just don't understand. If I had been high while I watched this movie, I I would have no skin on my face. (laughs) That's I would have clawed it off. That's correct. Lillian would have somehow had a meth reaction (laughs) to the combination of weed in this movie. But it's like, I wish that I was someone who could chill when I smoked weed. Yeah, I I know. And I know Aaron relates. Of course. That's what, uh, that's the subtext of all his movies. Is Aaron, like, I wish I could chill. Aaron is an uppers man. We know that. <laughs> we know that he's addicted to cocaine, but I know that also he does wish he could chill. I mean that he needs to, we wouldn't have all of the great art that we have today. If Aaron Sorkin know, could chill. If he could chill. Um, okay. Let me see. Aaron Sorkin tropes. I would say, f- uh, the most I think is really the structure of this entire film. Well, we, we just watched it together with Lane's boyfriend and we were like, weird that there wasn't a walk and talk. And he pointed out 
that the one walk and talk <laughs> is when Bobby Seal is talking to his girlfriend. Question. He kisses her on the forehead, so we don't really know. <laughs> we don't really know. And of course, she's a woman, so she doesn't have a name. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the one walk and talk as they're walking. And she's like, baby, I think you should bring a gun. And then Bobby Seal completely threw <laughs> it to anything he's ever said publicly or his whole entire thing is like, no, I don't need one. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to need that gun. <laughs> Bye, Bobby Seal. <laughs> Kiss on the forehead. Kiss on the forehead. I'm Bobby Seal. If there's one thing I know about the Black Panthers is that they're laying pipe. Oh, yeah. I Kiss mean, on the forehead. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Kiss on the forehead is, I mean... I'm like, okay, is that his daughter? (laughs) Weird. She seems around his age. What's the backstory? I'm interested, but what's the... wearing a halter top, (laughs) which is a famously sexual piece of clothing. What is he trying to tell us? (laughs) Um, So there's that. Number two for me, yeah, the structure is huge, but the daddy issues that Aaron Sorkin has are unparalleled in Hollywood. (laughs) Which is saying quite a lot. It's saying quite a lot. Um, because everyone is someone's kid in Hollywood currently in 2020 to have the most daddy issues is we're only daddy issues is funding the whole industry. Yeah, of course. And pedophiles. And well, but why do you become a pedophile? Because it's fun. (laughs) No, Lillian. No, I know. Of course. I mean, that's the joke. Um, but this is a man who... I mean, the, I don't understand <laughs> what his relate. like, I, w- I want to be his fucking therapist because I'm like, what do you need from your dad? I want you to picture this. The year is 2058. Okay. We are probably dead. We're dead. Okay. I'm probably dead. You're fine. You're so much older. <laughs> The year is 2058. I am 40. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't been born yet. (laughs) In the current year of 2020, I have not been born yet. (laughs) Okay. We've just, we've just had an evening where we have just watched the story of Aaron Sorkin's life as okay. a movie. Ooh, yes. Because that is going to happen. I love it. I can't wait. And that's It'll be like all Gattaca. We're going to find out he had a twin brother. <laughs> Literally, who's, who's been chained in Aaron Sorkin's I didn't say attic? anything for the way back. L- like, what's going yeah. on? Yeah. What because happened? It's like that sometimes when you're talking to someone and they, you know, when you want to say to them, what, what do you need from me in this conversation? You know, sometimes someone's very emotional and they're talking to you and they want to rise and you're saying, what do you need from me? What can I give you that will satisfy you? Mm. What does Aaron Sorkin need from his dad? Because <laughs> literally the scene that we see when the lawyer has to tell Bobby Seal that Fred Hampton was murdered by the Chicago police, the reaction that Aaron Sorkin imagines is that Bobby Seal then turns to Thomas Hayden and says, you're doing all this as a fuck you to your dad, right? And then Tom Hayden goes, yeah, that's right. Utterly bizarre. It's utterly bizarre. I mean, this is (laughs) crisis level. 
Maybe this whole movie was some sort of therapy project that kind of went off the rails. <laughs> it's like his therapist is like, why don't you, as an exercise. And, you know, think of a historical moment <laughs> yeah. and you're sort of, and put yourself in that historical moment. Put yourself moment. in it. Put yourself in it. Aaron Sorgan's like <laughs> looking at the BLM protests of this summer and he's like, I don't get it. Like, I don't get why they're so angry. And the, the therapist is like, imagine yourself as a black man and this whole movie is that mm-hmm. somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, the hard pivot from Bobby Seal finding out that a, 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 a babe in arms was fucking assassinated by the Chicago police who, by the way, I'm from Chicago. (laughs) Act with complete impunity in that city and have for 100 years completely run that city. That Bobby Seale's reaction to that is like, (laughs) I bet that other guy has daddy issues is (laughs) so off the rail. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's a trope. That's going to be a big trope. And that's bringing the dinner bell of tropes here. Um, I would say also, I mean, this is like obvious and a bigger thing than just a fun trope. We can get back to the fun tropes, but the the big Aaron Sorkin framing of... So listen, everybody, we all know this system works and the system is good. And there's some, a couple bad guys in the system and everyone else has to, no matter what side you're on, you have to, you have to defeat the bad guys in the system. That is good. Yes. I think that I can't imagine watching this movie, not having been a West Wing fan Yeah, because also watching the West Wing contextualizes Aaron Sorkin's views a lot and contextualizes a lot of the historically, um, like abhorrent. What do, what do you call that when it's out of con? It's, it's a lie. I don't know. I don't oh. know. I'm trying to think of a smart word for okay, that. Okay. Okay. But it's like when you're listening to something and you're like, Oh, that's not what happened. And then, but will you have the context of the West Wing for Aaron Sorkin's political views? You can. Exactly. Then, you you know can piece. Mean? Yes. So it's like watching someone who is an imperialist think about an anti-war effort is really interesting to me. Absolutely. Like Aaron Sorkin in the West Wing has Toby Ziegler say, Toby Ziegler, who's supposed to be the big lefty Mm -hmm. on the West Wing and my personal crush, um, go is the biggest imperialist of them all. And that's like one of the big kind of reveals Mm -hmm. of his character is Mm -hmm. that he's like, you know, they'll thank us when we win. It's right. like his big speech. Right. And um, it's interesting, and by that I mean disgusting, <laughs> to watch a person with those beliefs who thinks that the the American project is ultimately this idea of spreading democracy. It's manifest destiny across the globe. And to think of, somehow that person describing an anti-war movement no it's it the fact that aaron i it's making me it's it's really no it's really upsetting that he made this movie a and b that this story can be told by anyone in the media and see that aaron sorkin who actively hates leftists and activists yeah chose this movie to absolutely rip apart to shreds the truth it's fucking disgusting to yeah me. it actually makes me 
it's, sick. It's very, it's uh, a travesty of a film. It makes um, me sick, but... Um, so that's I a trope. Think, like, that's a trope. The idea of divorcing... I'm, like, getting so mad. I'm literally going to cry. But um, the idea of divorcing anti-war politics from anti-imperialist politics, which imperialism is something that is so fundamental to a capitalism and be so antithetical to communism that it's literally in the communist manifesto. He's like, imperialism is bad. Sure. Like the idea of someone being allowed to control the history and narrative of an anti-war movement and divorce those two ideas. Like anti-war is fundamentally anti-capitalist because capitalism and imperialism are one in the fucking same. Sure. So the idea that those things can be described by a capitalist, by an imperialist is disgusting and so disrespectful. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I, uh, I, I hear you. Um, so that's a trope too. So that's, so that's another silly one. Um, Um, and and then I would say that for me, Margaret telling the enough joke plays mm. a lot better. Yeah. About that. Yeah. 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 Margaret tells it better. Um, the, and you pointed out like the one, the one woman in the movie yeah. is just like, looks like somebody cobbled together a face that is every <laughs> single other blonde woman in Aaron Sorkin's, uh, life. Life. Yeah, <laughs> life. exactly. Sarah Paulson, um, Alison Janney, the guy who played the guy, the gal who played, uh, Ainsley. Ainsley. Um, he wrote a chapter in, did you know this? He wrote a chapter in Kristen Chenoweth's biography. Oh God. She like Kristen Chenoweth, who is Aaron Sorkin's most famous ex-girlfriend wrote a memoir and he wrote a chapter of it, which is insane. Um, but he, there are certain lines that he draws and Sorkin heads know, like he'll just shamelessly reuse certain jokes or certain lines that he thinks are good. And you can do it. You can trace it through, Social Network, Steve Jobs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. and so he has this. In France, they only have one, one egg in an omelet because in France, one egg is enough. Uh-huh, yeah. Margaret tells it to Leo. This girl tells it to Jerry Rubin. Yeah. Is it a joke that needs to be done twice? <laughs> Unsure. Jury's still out on that one. Jury is still out on that one. Um, and the jury. Was out the entire time we watched the trial of the Chicago. <laughs> and the jury's us. We were out. Day 151. Day 151 of us watching the trial of Chicago 7. Um, <clears throat> um, okay. Do we have enough? Yes, organisms. I think we were. I think oh, we're I, we, I do think actually... Is the James Baldwin reference a Sorkin trope? I think it kind of is. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I not that he would have come up with that himself because he obviously did not, but um, yeah, I didn't know that he knew who James Baldwin was. No, he has somebody who's looking at Twitter or something yeah. for him. Well, famously in this, that Steven Spielberg is the producer and he contacted Aaron Sorkin and was like, I, I was thinking about doing a movie about the, the DNC in 1968 yeah. and Aaron Sorkin agreed to it. Not know. He didn't know what it was. Sure. He was like, yeah, I love the DNC. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Donna Brazil, don't mind if I do. Are there balloons? Co- is there a balloon scene? Okay. Um, he, wanted, he thought he was doing a film about that Macarena. Yeah. 
He's like, I can't wait to get in there. Show him, show him what I got for that sequence. Um, <clears throat> there's a, I mean, if you've listened or if you're listening to this episode, you've seen the movie. So you know how many times they ham fistedly reference James Baldwin in it's the show quite intense it's like a real i i, I, I was <laughs> it's a, obama trying to get laid in college level absolutely i was pretty cozy you know my belly full of dinner and i sh- i just shot right up when i heard it was it took everything basically out of a juror is dismissed because like they they cite this juror they're like she's sympathetic to us she was carrying a james baldwin book and then she's dismissed and then the defense goes hey Keep reading James Baldwin. It's rough. And you know what? I mean, I've said it. No, I'm not going to say it. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Tamp down that impulse, whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway, moving right along. Moving along. Um, so we wanted to talk about next political. Let's talk about some political incongruencies because I think that dovetails with. I think it dovetails with Sorkinisms because. A lot of the political incongruencies are because he wants to play to his tropes. Right, of course. The thing that I think is actually... Again, everything about this thing that actually happened is so interesting and rich and, like, is so compelling. Also, it's pretty hard to find the true facts about anything that's actually revolutionary or leftist because... Obviously, who's telling us these stories? These people who can't fucking be relied on and people like Aaron Sorkin. It's like, we're not getting, we have to, you have to dig pretty deep to find out what fucking happened. Yeah. Um, But I think it's interesting that it centers around, it goes against everything Aaron Sorkin would ever want to do to have it center around a protest at the DN, about the DNC. It's quite interesting because he never really No, he doesn't he does not touch it. Why, which is that the reason that people are protesting besides anti-war protesters, right. it's that the DNC was going to nominate so the 68 election is Nixon v Kennedy who's ultimately assassinated. They run uh this fucking dummy dummy guy uh who wasn't ever gonna win it's like the same way that like usually when you're i mean like the way biden was run when you're running against a oh but yeah never mind um but so basically the dnc like they've done now they just were giving they were ready to give up uh the seat they weren't trying to run an aggressive candidate it was like some guy and then there was they didn't they weren't gonna run rfk and then there was this big push for it to be RFK. And so part of it was that the same way that people were planning to go to this year's DMC in Milwaukee before COVID because they were like, they're going right. to try to do some shady shit mm-hmm. to Sanders. Mm-hmm. That was like the same thing. He never touches the actual no, of course not. politicking that goes on at the DNC. Well, also, he doesn't touch on any actual politics. If you watch the movie, here's what you think people are about. Hey, you know what? People are racist. Hey, you know what? These cops are bad and we hate the war. That's the extent. Period. That's what these people are fucking that's it that's all they they and it's vague and it doesn't there nobody it, it, there's no descriptions there's absolutely no politics in this movie he shows historical footage of the war the 
LBJ, the draft, the war, and RFK being assassinated, completely in that sort of like groovy Ken Burns MoMA, um, yeah, like just like it's a it's a it's a reel. It's all not along like, the watchtower. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like you don't have any idea that there is. Not to be fucking, but I found actually it's so fucking disrespectful to show just quick, just as a fucking shortcut for yourself to show fucking people's bloodied fucking dead bodies just cut in real quick to your fucking movie. I thought it was fucking disgusting. My well, opinion. also for me, if you're going to show that, tell, talk about why they fucking died. Sorry. For sure. A for sure. Two thoughts. One, for sure, because a big trope in the movie is that everyone has this deference to U.S. soldiers. Right. And that including the fucking anti-war left is like still rising to to hear God Bless America while the soldiers' names are being played. Right. You know, on the fucking news, which we know that that anti-war leftists in the 60s and in the 70s were actively antagonistic to soldiers. And because, that, right, and that was bad optics. And that was, yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's why they're remembered the way that they yes. are. Yes, Um. So there's that. But then B, I just want to say, like, to show fucking RFK, it's not a fucking decided on thing that he was killed by a civilian you know what i mean like, well, it's like all of those de- yes it's just crazy to me that like you're showing this as if this is oh this is all the lead up to this moment it's like it's the you're 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 describing it as a lead up in a completely different way than it was the lead exactly up because all of this was fucking deep state yep <sighs> yes um okay let's pivot real quick I think we're getting hot-headed. We're getting a little hot-headed. I want to pivot really quickly to some fun um, acting aesthetic stuff. And we, can, oh, we yeah. can definitely dip back in as we feel, as we see fit to the other stuff. Because I feel like there's a lot. There's a lot? Um, <clears throat> I want to say this really quickly that I find... Um, hold on. Yeah, speak on it, girl. I'm taking a, a drink of water. Abby Hoffman is, like, actually so fucking hot. That's what I was going to say. He's one of my OG crushes. Like, y'all. What did I write down? I said, Pussy Abby Hoffman sucks. One of my OG crushes. You hate to see it. You absolutely hate to see it. Abby Hoffman is like, imagine just like, and again, not boyfriend material, obviously. I could have changed him. No. (laughs) Don't fucking talk like that, Kelly. It scares me when you talk like that. No. (laughs) That's what I want desperately in a boyfriend. Okay. No, 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 no. I remember Abby. No. Abby Hoffman is a three-weeker, and you and you know what your friend's after. I could sink four years. Your of my comrades life. after he wouldn't let you. Oh, he Kelly, he would not let you. Believe you me, I'd be dropping off casseroles for years. Kelly, I'm telling you, no. Um, Abby Hoffman is the dream, but oh, um, I mean. So- He's so hot. He's such a compelling person. He's so interesting. His I told life Lynn, is he, he's he um he wears a flag shirt in in real life. This has happened. <laughs> and he was like cited for desecrating the flag or whatever the fuck. 
Um, this was before you could just put flag print on leggings and, you know, whatever. LuLaRoe or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, and I spent years in high school on eBay. And this is the early aughts. So this was a lot of time. Um, just waiting for the pages to load. You yeah, know, yeah. Right? You have to dial in. <laughs> um, looking for a dupe of that mm-hmm. shirt because I really like the style of the shirt. Yeah. It's a long sleeve. It's very good. I really wanted that shirt. Yeah, I'm sure. I that, bet now you uh, Absolutely. But in 2008. You can't. Yeah. Fine. Okay, 2008 is not early aughts, but. Um you know, fact check you, Kelly, on that <laughs> one. Um, I and this is I'm just gonna tell my own joke again because nobody thought it, nobody thought my Forrest Gump joke was funny. I did on our Instagram. I like that. I know. I laughed. And I was like, "Do you guys not know what the fuck I'm talking I'll, about?" I'll tell you an embarrassing. I told Lily and I would tell her an embarrassing story. Um. So and I've talked about this in my newsletters. Like I, it's I I had exposure to all of these like kind of leftist ideas and and theorists and ideology when I was growing up and it just never took hold and I've I now wonder like kind of what that what why didn't I you know was it I was too comfortable in my life you're 14 maybe Mm -hmm. as part of it yeah yeah um so I really I went in 2008 when Obama was elected I went to Grant Park for his uh on you know November 4th or whatever it was Mm -hmm. to see him the speech yeah yeah and I remember actively thinking, I was like, oh, we should start chanting the whole world is watching to turn the meaning. Like, I thought that. I was like, that would be really powerful. That's really funny. Because it was the, it's 40 years after the 68 DNC. Wow. It's, what a powerful commentary. And I, that's, I mean, that was me being a little Sorkin. That's, yeah, I for was like, sure. how powerful would that Imagine be? what people would think. Yeah. <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah. So I just want you to know kind of you were, <laughs> You were primed to be. A Sorkin. Well, I've always said that it's, I watched The West Wing, got extremely horny and read every Toby CJ slash fanfic that I could find. I know. It's very interesting to me that people turned The West Wing into a political ideology instead of just jerking off. Yeah, it's, yes. Sorry. <laughs> I don't understand it. Give me Josh Lyman, I morning, mean, noon, I'm night. Sorry, I'm slip sliding around. <laughs> Are you kidding me? When Toby's dad dies and he gets in the fist fight with Josh Lyman. Oh, yeah. And then CJ comes and is like, no, it's you know, touching him up. <sighs> I know. That's what it's for. That's all it should be for. I mean, that is so crazy to me that you would watch The West Wing and not just get so riled up in that sense no that's the right response to the fucking west wing it's like like that that becomes your political north star that's because everyone is just so fucking dumb i'm sorry it just literally all comes back to that everyone is so fucking stupid dude yeah it really sucks yeah i mean i'm stupid too but not in that way I know, we're, obviously I'm stupid. I just told a story about being one of the most brain-dead idiots. No, you're like a nerd kid. That's, you know, that's what nerd um, kids do. Also, Lillian told me someone else had pointed this out, but I hadn't, I haven't seen this. Um, the guy that they have playing Benny Hill? Who was <laughs> playing? I, don't even I didn't write his name down. Cause, oh, Remy. Remy Davis. Remy Davis. Remy Davis. Looks so strikingly like Virgil, Texas, yeah. that it cannot be a coincidence. No, I think um, 
Yeah, we're gonna have to look at who those writers are. It's. Do you know? Also, I'm I'm one degree of separation away from Virgil Davis, like Virgil Texas. Texas yeah. yeah. Um, like half of Marcus's college friends uh-huh. are like friends with him. Oh, weird. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Um, Zodiac killers in this movie, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I liked that. He was the best. Actually, I thought he was the best part. Well, he's an actually good actor. Yeah, exactly. That's so what. That's... Oh, that. You know what? That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's like Aaron Sorkin's talking. It sounds like mur, mur, mur. he's imagining David Fincher talking to him. He's yeah, like, he's like, I've got it now. <laughs> the man is in my ear. Um. Okay. Back to acting. I would love to see a David Fincher directed. It would be incredible. <sighs> okay. I just, again, sorry, we got off topic. I want to talk a little bit more about Abby Hoffman uh, in reference. Sasha Barra Cohen, <laughs> get out of my fucking life. Get out. I- yeah, sorry. So just to reiterate, we think Abby Hoffman's very hot. The actual Abby Hoffman and his life. I mean, also, you know, he was pioneering uh, normalizing plastic surgery before anyone was <laughs> no. doing it. <laughs> Uh, that's anti-semitic no he got whatever he to change his appearance i'm teasing you um i don't think he should have gotten a nose job (laughs) it's like i would love i would you know maybe that little just taking it down a a little bit no of course he's hotter before his weird fucking botched nose job okay of course anyways um but sasha barra cohen it's just you i'm so First of all, this movie just can't be made. This, uh, just period, this movie cannot be made. I'm First sorry. Of all, just, just we. It's a document. Just make a documentary. Documentary. It cannot be a movie. It cannot. No, you cannot narrativize this movie. You cannot. First of all, it's too big to fail. It, it's too big. It's too much. You can't. You just simply cannot. It's way too big. It's way too big to digest. No, make a mini series. Like it, it, yes, it should be a, a documentary mi- mini series. hundred percent. At the very least, and Aaron Sorkin should be shot. He should be <laughs> let. Away. He should be if he approaches the lot. Sh- that's he, like Mayor sh- Daly gave that shoot to kill order. Mm-hmm. I want one on Aaron. Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin. On I'm site. issuing a fatwa. It's on site. Um, you make here actually wait here you make Aaron Sorkin watch the footage first yeah I would love for him to watch the footage and then you release him and if he comes back you shoot him um Sasha Baron Cohen how dare you that's all I'm gonna say how dare you Sasha Baron Cohen also Jeremy Strong brother I hope you never get another fucking movie deal in your life Jeremy Strong uh I've heard you're a method actor so I'm gonna need you to fucking take the wig off <laughs> and maybe actually try tripping on mushrooms one single time this is my impression of Jeremy Strong as who I've met and is one of the biggest dicks you could encounter yeah I can fucking believe it how he played Jerry Rubin is this sorry uh what <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> That's Jerry Rubin by Jeremy Strong. What the fuck are you doing? He's like, hey, can I not eat in this curtain? Wait a second, where's my skateboard? (laughs) It's like, what is happening here? It's so weird. He's method in the sense that he watched like the Beastie Boys (laughs) perform being hippies at one point in a music video. It's literally like kids in the hall. Like, I'm like, what is this? Oh my God. It's like lizard. It's just like, it really is just like a kid with a Halloween hippie costume. No, it literally looks like that. Deb Perlman's kid dressed up as Jerry (laughs) Rubin for Halloween. It's one of the worst performances. Her daughter was the cop and her son was Jerry Rubin. Yeah, that's that. That's why she got in trouble. <laughs> yeah. They're like, why is a grown man in your family Halloween costume? It's weird. 
Um. <laughs> no, it's one of the top ten. It's like if the Razzies were still a thing, like he would sweep. Absolutely sweep. He's you. You got to be so fucking dumb to blow it playing a stoner. Do you know how many levels of dumbass you have to be? Also, like. Pot's legal now. You could just smoke pot. Just, you know what would be actually... This isn't like five easy pieces where it's like, <laughs> whoa, they did the drugs on set. Like, it's 2020. You could just be like, yeah, I think... I got to- like a boutique edible and now yeah I'm like fucking... i think to get i think i can't do the vocal fry right without actually being stoned they'd be like yeah fine this guy should be ripping butts and be fucking high as hell and then co- show up to set that would be really cool actually cool god no I, my first note in my book of notes is jeremy strong with two exclamation points because i simply could not believe it jeremy strong is an op <laughs> yeah let's go ahead and say it i'm we, it must be said he is sing, he is trying to tarnish the left in this way that i think is despicable <laughs> it's actually despicable i will say we did a our other patreon up was about what we're grateful for and i was like wow i'm really grateful that i read chaos and now i think literally to a man people are enough <laughs> it's given me like where i'm like up 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 yep um okay also i just want to say and this is an easy one i mean all of these speak on it no i just want to say eddie redmayne period i could there's not been an actor that i hate more than eddie redmayne in quite some time i don't like him that's fine what has he been in that you like limits that movie was hot garbage well, my friend died right before it was released, and I watched it 100 times well, after. Well, your friend wasn't in the movie, okay? <laughs> yeah, that helped me heal. Empty so. chairs at empty tables? Are you kidding me? When your friend's been okay, well, run you over had, by a fucking train? You had an emotional... You, try, you yeah. had, I, I appreciate <laughs> and respect your emotional connection and experience with Les Mis. However. <laughs> However. <laughs> Eddie, made me, Eddie Redmayne is one color of a person. yeah. His everything is the same hue. I get what you're saying. Um, I personally find him absolutely disgusting and ugly. And I think that having him, first of all, his character is so unlikable. I can't believe he's oh, supposed I to be. Know, um, who's Thomas Hayden Church? Is he named after Tom Hayden or is he his son? What? Tom Hayden Church, the actor. Yeah. So what's his relation to Tom Hayden? I don't think any. Okay. Did you Google? <laughs> okay, and next note. Asked and answered. <laughs> In the language of the courtroom, asked and answered. Um, no, I didn't Google it. I they let Eddie you. Redmayne have the rallying cry. They <laughs> let him have the fucking, they let him have everything in this movie. And he deserved, he deserved none of it frankly yeah well he was like um there's in th- did you watch 30 rock have we talked about this yeah i mean when it was a, a show I love that was relevant rock. yeah okay well i love it and i watch it all the time um and can i come to blows after this episode <laughs> okay good um there's a line where alec baldwin's character is like we need to treat the audience like the new york times treats its readers like what are you saying like we need to coddle them mm-hmm and that's like Eddie Redmayne is the audience. He's the narrator. He's, he's Bethany Frankel. He's Bethany Frankel. He's uh, Piper Chapman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. And it's that when, but I didn't, this didn't involve Eddie Redmayne, but I had to laugh. Um, when 
the prosecutors are going into the district whatever the fucking ADA or whoever the hell they're talking to um attorney general yep his office and they're changing out LBJ's portrait for Nixon's and it says you've arrived at a moment in history I was like can we just it's can you just assume that the people who are watching this are like literally sentient this movie is <laughs> I'm like this is you know what this actually okay I've got it this movie is actually just made for when a fourth grade teacher has a hangover. <laughs> yeah, literally. Cannot come to class. Yeah. Sends this movie to the sub. Yeah. That's this movie. 100%. You have to sign a permission slip that says, you know, there's going to be some blood. And they made an animated movie about the Chicago 7. So, you know, this is like low. I can't believe how fucking, you know what? I mean, I know I said everyone is stupid, but not even the, they're not even as dumb as Aaron Sorkin thinks they are. Yeah. I think something that's really interesting about this movie to me genuinely, um, is, and, and about Aaron Sorkin back to kind of a trope, but also this like sort of historical moment is I, Aaron Sorkin's views on Jewish people as white people is really interesting to me because he always creates Jewish people as these sort of like noble Mm -hmm. philosophical observers Mm -hmm. of the norms of society. They're like, all Jews are Lamed Vavnik to him. (laughs) Like they're all these like sacred beings Uh uh guiding the American project, but he clearly views them as other in some sense. Oh, for sure. Yet they're not on the side. So the trial is interesting because in the sixties, of course, Jewish people were not white at all. Yeah. And so that's part of why like Bobby seal, like they're associating these people together because they're like, look, it's these fucking people who aren't like you, who aren't like white people. And, and that's why you have Jerry Rubin and Abby Hoffman. And, and that's how they have the blah, blah, blah. doesn't matter. I'm like the making of whiteness in the 60s, in the 70s, in the 80s, the making of Jewish people into white people is very interesting to me. Aaron Sorkin's identity within that project is really interesting to me. How he views whiteness, Jewishness. Like, it's very interesting to me because he clearly doesn't think Jewish people are white. Right. Himself. Like, he's like, I am not. It's because he's like fucking, what is he, 50? How old is he? He's old. He's like, but he himself, he doesn't think he's white because he's like, I'm different to these other people. I'm, I'm look, I'm on he's the like, outside. He's like, R.I.P. to the Jews, in. but I'm different. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm on the outside looking in. So he has this Thomas Hayden character constantly ridiculing the Jewish men who are like portrayed as the most the, they're also like the jokester moron yeah. it's like actually they at, stick out like a sore thumb so tom hayden is constantly he's trying to say like the respectability po- it's yeah. the whole thing is it's very weird really interesting yeah. to me and i'm again this probably has to do with their Sorkin's daddy issues it's like what is his relationship to his own jewishness unsure unsure I would like to say really quickly, I have a little exercise for you, Kelly. Speak on Can it. you say, here's where things get weird in a Massachusetts accent. As uh, <laughs> Sasha Barracone, uh Abby Hoffman is from uh, Worcester, Mass. He's from Worcester, but then he 
lived in California for a long time. So he he does have a very particular His accent, accent is strange and it has a twang, but it's not um, like he's a fucking lobster man. <laughs> okay? Which is how Sasha Baron chooses to portray. Here's where things get weird. <laughs> That's spot on to how Sasha Baron. I mean, also again being from Chicago, it's like I love the Chicago accent. I still have some remnants of it in my speech. Um and and by love it, I mean when I watch House Hunters with people from Chicago, I have to turn it off. Um, it, but when people try to do the Chicago accent, it grits me news. Same thing with, I'm also just like, okay, I mean, again, this is, all, we won't go too further in this, but I'm like, who is coaching you? Who's coaching nobody, you? Nobody's coaching you. They're, it's impossible that you had a fucking dialect coach for this. Impossible. Here's where things get weird. No, that's not. It's and let me try. Let me try it. Here's where things get weird. If you want to go wheel, yeah. if you want wheeled, like it's a fi- <laughs> like it's a fucking kid. Here's where things get weird. You stress maybe two words. They don't all sound like you're fucking. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't, you don't stress every word in the it's accent. It's also it's about. Here's where things get weird. The accent is also about the affect, and that's exactly what I think the Chicago they thing don't... is just like it's just about the delivery as well. So it's not like you don't have to say like, "I'm from Chicago." No. Here's your big. No, people it, it knew it. <laughs> Whatever. They all ruined it. But also, don't put weird in if you're going to do a Boston accent. It's impossible to say the word weird in a Boston accent. No, that's very crazy. Um. I'm looking at my notes. I'm like, is anything fucking interesting? Schultz. I Googled Schultz. He represented Coca-Cola and also the Chicago Transit Authority. Um, So the idea that he has a conscience is um, simply lost on me. Again, that's a classic. (laughs) Yeah. The good guy, like state prosecutor. Yeah. It's just going to be a no. That's a, that's a big old no. Um, also, why would you ever? I mean, that's just, we're not actors. Why would you ever portray such a character? No, it's really that's disgusting. Weird. It's like getting that script and being like, yeah. You know, I just watched Frost Nixon or that fucking movie is horrible movie trash. I love Michael Sheen. Ron Howard. No, I love Michael Sheen too. Okay. He, babe, right. absolutely. He did a great job. He's on um, Thirty Rock. Who the fuck is he on Thirty? He's on what? He's Wesley Snipes. It's later season. Okay, so okay, you have to be a dedicated fan. Um. Anyways, it's the same thing of the like Ron Howard directed Richard Nixon movie. <laughs> I'm sorry, we're not gonna do that. Sam Rockwell is like potentially the cool lefty guy, but then somehow is like actually it's Richard Nixon. It's like, guys, stop it. This blows. I That's hate Sam it. Sam Rockwell's so- in that. Yeah, I mean, another absolute mensch. Um, I, 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 I got both. As the Jews would say, he is hotty patati. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, I just, as a, uh, another caveat, um, the liberal obsession with black people passively accepting abuse. Of course. Is um, pathological yes. and wrong disturbing uh, to watch don't need to elaborate on it no nope, no nope. what i'm talking about um also surprised they didn't have like and bobby seal wrote a barbecue book in the last <laughs> you know what i mean yeah 
<laughs> I'm like, that, that chicken pot pie became Marie Callender's. Whatever. Um, I, I did just want to say. I, I mean, he did write a barbecue book. I'm not being racist. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just meant that would be a thing that Aaron Sorkin would put in a. Do you know what he I mean? He does like at the end of Watch the Titans or whatever. Remember the Titans? And it's like yes. where they're like, and I'm a soulmate. Yes. And it cuts to them like. Yeah, exactly. on the book tour. Yeah. yeah. With Jerry Rubin and his MLM. Um, Another great film. Remember the Titans. Yeah, I think that was shown to me in school as well. Oh, That's 100% a public school that movie. That is like... a public school classic <laughs> along with glory. Um... <laughs> These all fall into that category. Um, uh, public school hungover teacher race mm-hmm. analysis. Um, <laughs> but remember the Titans is good. Denzel Washington, right? Yeah. Okay. Big time. Okay. 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 Relax. Um, <laughs> sorry. Ew. Uh, just Sorkin is so interesting to me because I think that, um, and someone once asked me, they were like, why do leftists he's like you're a communist why do all communists that i meet love reality tv he was like everyone i meet is obsessed with the whole bravo universe bachelor like he's like what is this my answer to that is that when you are a communist you're not afraid of high emotion mm-hmm. you accept and embrace that people actually experience those feelings and you need to be there that people don't experience those feelings in isolation and they need to have an audience for those feelings. Um, and that's why I love reality TV. Aaron Sorkin clearly believes this as well. He's a very emotional person. And so much of his, what he shows is people getting very, very emotional about things. And I moved to tears often by his writing, but, um, (laughs) the idea that liberalism Mm. would somehow inspire that level of emotion is just beyond me. Nobody says they're going to die for liberalism. Yeah. Imagine that. And and actually, how would you die for liberalism? Yeah, I'll die if Mitch McConnell reaches across (laughs) the aisle. (laughs) There's actually no physical way you can die for liberalism. You can't articulate. No, it's impossible. It would be impossible to articulate. Maybe if someone spilled some like boiling water on you (laughs) while you were having like a tea, kind of like a conversation. You know what I mean? I don't know how you would die. I'd take a bullet to see Citizens United review. (laughs) Whatever. Like, what are you talking? Like, what is that? No, none of it. It's just, I just think it is to me and we'll, we should end it up soon, but. Just to neuter, it just, it is a bummer to neuter something like this. Not to make it gendered. Kneecap it. Do you know what I mean? Big time. It's just like something that like you can fucking feel in your gut and your chest. Just reading about it, looking at a fucking YouTube clip. Any of these things you can see, you're like, holy fucking shit. Yeah. And then to look at this fucking Pirates of the Caribbean ass (laughs) fucking... (laughs) reenactment like what the hell is this shit oh my god i know (laughs) anyways also just so you know there is a freeze screen at the end of the movie (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's correct um movie sucked nothing to say i mean if you want spank bank material watch the west wing or some youtube clips of the actual fucking dudes who organized the fucking protest at yeah the 68 dnc totally 
everybody's hot in their own way. Not actually, that's not true. But some of some of them are hot enough to make it worth it. Well, because you know, famously, Abby Hoffman said, "Don't trust anyone over thirty. They have youth on their side." Mm-hmm. So that's everyone's pretty hot when they're young. Yeah, I mean, you can just at least you can squint and you, you can, can say that's it. fine. Yeah. Yeah. You got a body. Eh. Most people. Well. Anyways, um, well, it's over and we don't have to do it. And uh, we don't have to watch a movie ever again that just blandly talks about cultural revolution, whatever the fuck that means. Um, Would I recommend watching this movie? That's the question. No. Okay. And that's the answer. For me, no. <laughs> For me, no. No, I wouldn't say watch the movie. It's not worth it. Um, but actually- I would say if you don't know about what happened at the 68 DNC research it. Yeah. I just, um, I guess I actually just want to say, I do think it was worse than I thought it was. It's worse. It's much worse. I was like prepared for it to be like, Aaron. I thought it was going to be cringy. It made me furious. Yeah. Rough. Um, it made me. Yeah. Completely furious. Yeah. Um, it's been said a million times on Twitter, but Abby Hoffman being like, I love democracy, but you know, or what, like, I don't know. It's not, went I went into Minnesota, but that's because his accent sounds like not a real accent. Yeah. Just hearing hit Abby Hoffman who killed himself over the fact that like people this, weren't, yeah. <laughs> this country like fails so many people who literally committed suicide because he was like, I cannot tolerate what's happened and existing the, yes. in this fucking violence in this fucking country in this and his like his world. disillusionment with the movement and what yeah. happened and all of that and and like fucking how people just gave up i mean there's it's very tragic yeah abby hoffman number one crush of my life mm-hmm. it's good to revisit him i agree i, I agree. forgot that when i was a young teen i was like yeah 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 um yeah it's it made me mad in a way that I didn't expect the West Wing like often I rewatch the West Wing decently regularly which makes me annoyed like the West Wing makes me annoyed like I'll be like Ugh, so right annoying. right um this made me furious in a way that I didn't expect it to you know, I think there's also something about the Netflix lighting and wig department <laughs> yeah. that really... So we didn't touch it on, um, you're the one who stood. Oh my God, y'all. No. No, we're not going to. We're not going to, but watch the, watch the movie and you'll know what scene we're talking about. Anyways, um, um, if you want to be really upset... Watch it. Watch it. Join us. Um... And I will be watching the Lakeith Stanfield Fred Hampton movie because I think he's hot and I expect to be uh, moved to similar levels of fury. I think that's a definite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to happen. By Sony Pictures or whatever the fuck. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Who's playing Fred Hampton in that? Daniel Kalula? I have no idea. I think so. Really? I think so. They were like, who's short and dark skinned? Right. <laughs> a British guy. Of course, always. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, although I do think he's a wonderful actor. Yeah. 
did you see Widows? Mm-mm. So good. Okay. He is so good in that movie. All right. You have to watch it. All right. Is it anything like Molly's Game or... <laughs> yeah, take it with a grain of salt, but that movie is really good. I believe you. Thank you. Um. Okay, well, hopefully you all enjoyed this. And if not, get fucked. Get fucked, because we're doing this for you, and we just thought you would like it. <laughs> all right, we love you guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.